think you've heard it all? You haven't. Peace Love Podcast brings you more OMG, wait, what moments? My life has been so dramatic and traumatic. I take a humorous look at it, and each week we will discuss with fun and laughter, full-out mental health. I go there. I talk about being flawed and fabulous. So guys, let's get fabulous. Wow. Do we have a lot of mental health to talk about? Okay, guys, this episode, episode 21, I am calling it, Nobody Wants to Talk About Depression, But Everybody Mourns Suicide. I, first of all, if I am all over the place, more than normal, I switched my ADHD medicine. So if I'm a little more scattered than normal, full disclosure, that is why, I am just, there's so much going on right now in the world where the real epidemic, I've been saying for a while, but that true epidemic in our world right now is the mental health crisis, the mental health crisis with our youth, mental health crisis with people going back to work, mental health crisis with families trying to make ends meet across the board, the anxiety and the worry. But people, sometimes we don't realize, do try to reach out. We don't know the symptoms to look for because mental health has always been stigmatized and nobody wants to talk about it. And um, I'm going to talk about it because it has affected me since the day I was born. No, I'm not saying that like, oh, my whole life, like um, literally, like, you know, in jest. I didn't know there was something called um, trauma I mean, infant trauma, yes. From the day I was born, my mother attempted suicide and my biological father left at four months to go get cigarettes and not come home. So I didn't even realize that even from the little baby when most people are like holding and okay, okay, baby, I didn't get that. So it's also... The 35th anniversary of where I start my book from, where my whole life in 1987 became a crumbling disaster for my life. I, um, it's weird because when I was left at 17 and actually it's 35 years ago today, it was my grandmother's funeral. I had been thrown out of my apartment. My mother was on crack. None of my family wanted me. I was at my grandmother's funeral. We go back to the house for the shiva. You you know, you sit, you talk, you eat. My step cousin um, did not like me and her father threw me out. He was my uncle, my aunt's husband. And I was 17. I didn't do anything. And he said, get out. And I'm like, I don't have anywhere to go. He's like, I don't care. Get out. And that has haunted me. And, you know, so I think subconsciously every May around this time, I always get like heebie-jeebies because our subconscious brain works Oh my gosh, we don't even realize what's going on in our subconscious brain. I was actually walking through Publix the other day, food shopping, and this song from Huey Lewis came on. Um, I forgot the name of it, but it took me back to 1984, and I was like, oh, yuck. And I normally would have probably snapped and been in a bitchy mood, but when you live in the moment, like I do, and everybody should, and it's easier said than done, I stopped, I paused, I'm like, no wonder. I started to get like a little bit racy. I don't like this song. It reminds me of 1984. 
you know, I also just turned 52, 25, 52. I think also the good thing about if there's anything about my complex PTSD is that I am stuck talking about 17 years old as a 17 I'm not really 17, but I have this youthful, fun spirit, and I just um, love, and I'm bubbly and fun, and like a little cheerleader, and I think uh, a lot of my, the way I dress, it's not inappropriate, but if it has pink or a little bow on it, I think, okay, here I am trying to go back to my childhood, which I never had. You know, um, it's, it's very sad and gut-wrenching what's going on in the news. You know, it started with Will and Jada, and I actually wrote the most amazing post about Will Smith's mental health, and somebody wrote me and said I won the internet that day, but it was taken off by all the NBC, CBS, um, CNN, because I was getting hundreds and hundreds of likes, because I mentioned how Will Smith, if you um, take a ball, which I believe, I'm not his doctor, but living through every kind of disorder and trauma there is, um, I think he suppressed his emotions like you take a ball and you push it underwater. And what happens when you keep pushing it underwater and you let go? It explodes. So I think by pushing those emotions down, he exploded at the wrong person at the wrong time. Johnny and Amber, oh my gosh. Now, the minute they said one of the commentators they brought in, they said she has borderline personality. I have borderline. But um, evil, mental illness and mental health conditions do not make you evil. Um, The extremes that she went to, the defecating in someone's bed, I mean, come on. But the parallels of the rage that she... I guess I I have empathy for both Johnny and Amber, like I'm friends with them. Uh, They both suffer from some sort of um, mental health condition because the fact they were together. But Amber's rage when they said she threw things, like I did that, the the nasty comment she made to Johnny Depp, I'm listening going, my mouth has been much worse and I have said much more vicious things. Um, The you know, the PTSD, I suffer from every every symptom that would give somebody PTSD from my physical abuse, my abandonment issues, my, my lifetime of not being wanted, my lifetime of unhealed. It's all unhealed trauma, guys. It's, you know, there's feelings right now across the board. And even if you don't know what you're feeling, but you're feeling something that's not right to you, when I say reach out, and that's a whole another episode I'm going to do because the system is so friggin' messed up helping people. Um, reach out if you um, feel something. Just say, I don't know what this is, but I'm feeling something. I'm not able to sleep at night. I'm having nightmares. I'm shaking more. You know, I'm eating too much. I'm eating too less. Something if you've never experienced it. Ask your doctor. Reach out because nobody should suffer alone. I suffered alone, and I can tell you, and I'm going to talk about Naomi Judd, and it's just the the parallels I had with her. It was um, excruciating. And um, wow, see, I'm all over the place. Another good thing that happened, which 
correlates with all this. My daughter, Taylor, graduated from the University of Florida. With um, She graduated cum laude with her Bachelor's of Science in Public Relations, which, first of all, she wasn't even supposed to get into UF. It was her REACH school. She just, it was meant to be, I believe her essay was so real, talking about helping homeless people and feeding them and blessings in a backpack, which feeds kids on the weekends when they can't go home, when they have no food at schools, because when you have food and you are a child, it helps your brain, obviously. Look how I'm talking. What year is this that they should have food? Everyone should have food. What year is it? I can't believe we're actually talking about Roe versus Wade when Supreme Court memo, you got bigger fish to fry. Mental health, providing mental health for every single person in this world, in this country. Mental health, free mental health. Because if you're not privileged, you can't seem to get mental health. Or it used to be that way. Again, another episode. So Taylor graduated, which really... I am so proud of her for that, but um, what she had to go through watching me for the past four years, I remember I drove, oh wait, did I already say I'm on episode 21? Yes, I did. Um, there's my ADHD. When I drove Taylor to college, I cried in the front seat. I was supposed to take her to college. She took me and I was crying. My marriage was in just such a bad place. I didn't realize the severity of the clinical depression I had. I I was so, so bad. Nobody would ever know it because I camouflaged it with a smile in my personality. And a year ago, about a year, it was probably a year ago, March, I was living in Jacksonville and Taylor was in school in Gainesville and I became suicidal. And I don't know if this, I've learned that sometimes my talkings and stuff could be trigger warnings for people, but it's, you have to make the conversation. Otherwise people don't want to talk about it. And our mental health is the same as our physical health. So I talk about mental health like the weather because we all have it. And it was a Sunday night it was pouring in North Florida and something had triggered me. Uh, right now, I'm aware of my triggers. I was not then. I wanted to, I wanted the pain to end. I don't know if I would have gone through it, but I was saying I didn't want to live. I wanted to go in my garage. I wanted to end it. And Taylor had just taken a Benadryl. She had an exam the next day or a paper to turn in and drove an hour and a half in rain, pouring rain with no street lights to save me. I don't know what would have happened if she did not show up. I may not be here. It's, I say every day to people, it's a miracle I'm alive. I've had more situations that I should have not kept going, but I, I know there's so much to keep going for. And another cool thing that's happened since I've been gone, if anybody's been listening and wondering where I've been, I also realized I have something called imposter syndrome. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it's very hard for me to believe any of the accolades or accomplishments I have done. I feel like a fraud. I feel like that's not really me. I mean, I wrote a book. I I have this great podcast. My storytelling is just as powerful as my story. I love to speak in front of people, but yet it's been very hard for me to get up that energy to do everything I want to do. I don't believe it. 
and also my mind is like an emotional debit card. So I only get a certain amount of emotions I can use a day. And I spend a lot of time just in this disassociative world where I'm just disconnected. I feel subconsciously, again, it's not my conscious mind thinking that, but subconsciously it's been very hard for me to do what I want to do, which therefore puts me in a depression. So when I don't do what I want to do, I get depressed, but then I'm depressed and can't do what I want to do. And it's this vicious cycle. And if anybody is lives that, God bless you. I am truly so friggin' proud of you because it is the hardest, hardest thing to do. So when Taylor saved me, it, it, it was miraculous. And the worry she has for me, the worry she has for her brother, my son Noah, um, who's in a very awkward stage in high school where, uh, another episode, I guess, but I pray and pray that God just watches out for Noah every minute. So Taylor, with her own issues, had to worry about everything and manage to graduate. So it was just, wow. And Taylor's whole life, and when she was born, it was the most untraditional way of her first four and a half years on this earth. But all I wanted was to give Taylor a home, a boring life, boring in our world, typical, because there's no such thing as normal, no such thing as normal. And um, I just wanted her to have stability. And she went to I mean, preschool, from high school to college, and managed to graduate with honors. So I can't believe I did it. It was just the most surreal, amazing moment. You know, um, my heart is also broken into pieces when I put on the news and you hear there's another suicide. It, I, I don't even... I remember when I was first diagnosed at 47, I mean, I went a whole life, which mental health should be taught the minute kids are learning to walk and talk. It should be instilled in them, self-love, self-love, because that's where it all stems from, loving ourselves. And that that will explain later on in episodes why um, some people don't feel they're good enough or worth certain things because they think their love should come from outer places, other validated sources, whether you get this many likes or this many followers or you're dating this guy or you're dating that girl. That doesn't mean self-love. People think, um, oh my gosh, you have money. You live in Beverly Hills. Why would you be upset? Well, depression doesn't discriminate or take a day off. I... I deal with it every second of the day. I do not live, you know, turning 52, I realized, oh my God, I I can't say cut and rewind and start over. I lost so many years not wanting to go out for dinner with my family because the social anxiety I felt. I didn't want to eat. I, I was too depressed to get out of bed. I lost these years. Look, and there was nothing wrong with the fact that I just stayed alive, which is a miracle within itself. So if you're listening and you're just laying in bed, but you're still here, good for you. Because the fact that you still made it is, I am so proud because it's, I have had suicidal ideation for as long as I can remember. I think since I'm 17, you know, um, when Kate Spade died, 
that was my awakening. I was diagnosed at 47, but I didn't believe I was depressed. I thought depressed just meant sitting around crying, but depression also means not doing the things you love anymore, faking the smile, or having this inner turmoil. So I did not want to take any antidepressant medication. And then Kate Spade, and I knew, okay, I'm not alone. And then we have in the news the um, beautiful Miss USA. People said, oh my gosh, she jumped from the building. But she had told people about her mental health, her mental health, and then shocked, she killed herself or died of suicide. I don't say commit because that sounds like a bad thing. Um, These college girls, these college girls, athletes, these beautiful, beautiful girls, whether you know, they were fighting their mental illness their whole life, battling it in treatment or not in treatment. The self-love I talk about is I don't, if I knew what people said about me, and I love saying what people think of me is none of my business. I don't know if I would, I would not be able to do this if I knew what people said about me. I don't look at comments. I don't look at, oh, I hope I get comments. I don't look at likes. I know that I love me and that's all that's important because if I listen to outside chatter and other people's opinions, which was the best weight you could ever lose is the opinions of other people, it it helped me in my healing. And then somebody had said to me, actually a few years ago, you know, Marnie, we get it. We get it. You went through stuff, but you know what? I share my story and if I say things repetitive because every time I talk about it, it helps Other people know they're not alone. It makes the conversation of mental health because if there is no mental health, there's mental health and physical health. I also have chronic lymphocytic leukemia. I am not on treatment yet. I almost had to be last year and by a miracle and grace of God, I am not. But I believe the internal trauma and everything that I went through in my life caused me to have an autoimmune disorder. So there is a correlation with your physical health and your mental health. And I think what, oh gosh, Naomi Judd, you know, I listened to her talk years ago about her mental health when I was not really into my mental health and how it affected me and or anything else. But I remember thinking, She's so brave. Like she's talking about what I go through, but I would never have admitted it. The fact that I I cannot believe that this is my whole world, to be honest with you. Mental health. I I talk to people. I'm like, okay, okay, if I'm a little all over the place, I um, switch my ADHD medicine or I'm having general anxiety because I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know you. I never realized this was the reason why I behave sometimes. Um... That beautiful little girl, toddlers and tiaras, grew into a gorgeous teenager. She killed herself right after Naomi Judd. And people think, how? You're so pretty. You have everything. That does not matter. Depression doesn't discriminate. Want to take a day off? Care if you have $1 or $50 billion, trillion dollars. Our brains, nobody chooses to have a mental illness. Nobody chooses to stay in bed all day. Nobody chooses to stop living their life. It's not a choice. So when you say to people, which I can guarantee does not help our mental health, just go outside, just get over it. Why are you sitting in the house? You'll feel better if you do this. You could have it a lot worse. No, 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 no. 
But if you are going to engage in a conversation with somebody, ask them, do you want to just vent or do you want advice? Because I know when I was in this emotional, hysterical, crying state, I didn't need my husband saying to me, oh, just just let's go for dinner. You'll feel better. Let's just go for a walk. And I'm thinking, dude, I can't even make it to the shower, which... I got shamed for, you know, oh, you didn't take a shower for four days. And it's like, uh, I couldn't barely go to get a drink of water. Our brains are so tired from obsessing and thinking and worrying. And if it's out of our control, and I have learned this, if it's out of my control, I have to stop worrying about it. I don't, I, I can work every day towards my goals, but if something doesn't work the way it's supposed to, I had, would spend years angry and resentful but all I was doing was ruining my here and now so I'm 52 years old I've lost out on moments that I was at least able to bring my daughter home from college happy versus the first two or three years I mean I was depressed her entire four years of college I fake it well I did not um I have not done much except I was surviving but I have not been thriving and then I would beat myself up and get depressed. I should have 50-something more episodes. And it's like, Marnie, stop. You did the best you can. The fact that you did anything. The fact that I am here now still doing my passion and my path. And I realize there is no rush. I'm in competition with myself. And what I am excited about, because the imposter syndrome I've been working on, not believing in myself, I have my first book signing at Barnes and Noble in Hingham, Massachusetts, which is right near Boston this Saturday. Um, you will already have heard this episode. No, no, no. I will already be at the book signing um, when you hear this episode. So I'm sure it was fabulous. You know, how about, so yeah, I know I'm so excited about it, but think about this. If you think about life, like you're playing Pac-Man, okay? You know, you go and you're eating little pellets, do, 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 or whatever the music is. And sometimes you have really good days, like when the little ghost lights up, you get extra. And then you see the ghost. Oh no. So you turn around and then you keep eating the pellets. So you, life is like you keep going if there's a detour, but you're still going. Then if the monster or the little character, I think it's a monster, eats you and you hear the womp womp sound, you don't just walk away, you keep playing. So life is like Pac-Man, you know, just go along with life, eating your pebbles. Sometimes it'll be great. Sometimes you'll feel like falling down. People, you got to feel it to heal it. Um, I don't care if people, people say, I don't want anyone to see me crying. I didn't want anyone to hear me screaming. Wherever you have to empty is what I call it. Um, do it, do not internalize it because you will explode like Will Smith, exhibit A, at the wrong person, at the wrong place, at the wrong time. Tell your family, and I repeat this a lot also, communicate with them. Like if you're in that moment and you're like, what? Then somebody else is going to react to that and um, let them know it was not you. It's me. I'm in a bad mood right now. Please don't take anything personally. If you are feeling anything, everything's confidential, just text 741741 and type in NAMI, N-A-M-I, National Alliance on Mental Illness, 
or you can call the prevention lifeline. It doesn't mean that you are actually suicidal, but if you're feeling something, if you feel like somebody you know might be a little bit off, just just to reach out, please call um, 1-800-275-TALK. It is confidential. It is there for you. There are many, many problems with the mental health uh, um, world we live in. 988 is finally coming in two months. Instead of calling 911 that I have been called multiple times because I was crying hysterically and I couldn't be rationalized with. Well, I don't need to be arrested for having unhealed issues and crying and screaming and because somebody's trying to rationalize with me. Um, now there'll be 988 where mental health professionals will come help you the proper way. You know, the one thing that I have in very deep common with Britney Spears, when she was, poor thing, and I feel so bad it had to be filmed, when she was holding the umbrella and hitting the car, for anybody actually, for that matter, when we're in that moment or whatever out, we're out of control of our bodies. And I look at it as being in a tornado or the eye of a hurricane. When I'm triggered and something would put me back in that rage, that hysteria, I remember I had these bamboo sticks in my living room. They look like giant thick pool sticks and I would just bang them. I don't remember why, but I, I was not Marnie, I was not lucid. And then you have your family saying, what's wrong with you? We're going to call the police, calm down. I don't know who I was at that moment. So if you ever feel like that, you're not alone. If you feel like, I don't know, anything is off and you don't know what it is, it's okay to say, I don't know what it is. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was just told, you're crazy, we're calling the police. That's literally trying to rationalize with a tree, with with anything. You can't. So then what would happen was the physical exhaustion because it was a trigger then I became in either a fight or a fight mode um it's either fight flight fawn the fight mode and would take as much exertion as the pain when it originally happened because trauma comes back as an emotion not a memory so a lot of us are walking around they don't even realize you don't even realize sometimes why you're feeling a certain way it could be a subconscious trigger but it is so important to get in touch with what we're feeling I hope everybody could start talking about mental health and saying, look, I'm not feeling myself today. I need some time to myself. This isn't right. I'm getting too anxious. I can't stop crying. You know, um, when I say empty, but when it starts to get after two weeks, that's when the concern um, should come in. I think um, this system is just so messed up. I am on Xanax. And I remember I needed to get my prescription filled. And they said, no, I was hysterical crying. I was having a panic attack. They said, I'm sorry, we can't, um, we can't fill it until tomorrow. I couldn't breathe. I had to go to the emergency room because we have these antiquated rules with real life present day situations. But you have a kid that just walked in and bought an assault rifle and he already had said, I want to shoot black people. So he was able to go get a gun and have a mass 
shooting, but I could not get my prescription filled, which would have been the next day. So you have eight o'clock at night versus eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning, 12 hours where they're like, I'm sorry, but he can go buy a gun. Um, mental health, everybody's wondering why things happen, why things happen, why do they do this, why do they do that? Because it's called untreated mental health, untreated, untreated. They try to think, every time a shooting happens, they say the same thing, oh, he was coming, he had a mental health condition. No, he had an untreated mental health condition. Nobody that I have heard of was under psychiatric care and medicated and working on their mental health that has committed one of these crimes. It's easy. Of course they had a mental health condition. Anybody, they were insane, but it's the unhealed. I have many mental health conditions. I have ADD, ADHD, obsessive compulsive disorder. I have an eating disorder. I have um, mood regulations. I have imposter syndromes. I have general anxiety, social anxiety. I, I have every disorder, every, you know, but look at that. Every bad, horrific, traumatic thing that happened in my life brought me today because I believe trauma survivors are the new healers and I am able now to talk to anybody. I don't care who you are, what your situation is. I am able to let you feel peace, let you know that you're where you're supposed to be. May not be where you think you should be, but it's out of your control. So we are where we're supposed to be right now. Think of all the good times in your life, how you ended up there. You can't have just good times. That's not normal. We have to have good times. We have to have bad times. But when we let some things affect us, and it's so fake, guys, please, please, please. Look, I don't post nasty pictures of myself. I, of course, I use um, an app to like just, or the edit just to give myself no wrinkles. But so we're looking at other people's social media going, dang, look at their vacation. They're so lucky because they took a picture behind in, um, they're in Hawaii at a luau. How do you know? That was me. I was hysterical crying. I was able to wipe my eyes in one, two, three pose. So you don't know what goes on in other people's lives. And that's my 30 minutes. This went by fast. I was a little all over the place, but I'm going to be tweaking down my, um, my topics. And I want to talk about the different emotions we feel, why we feel them. I have like this emotion wheel chart. I'm looking for it now. Of course, it should have been in front of me. I have this emotional wheel chart and it's whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're angry, whether you feel disgust, I will talk about like happy, for example, the joy you feel. What do you do when you feel joy? Or when you're sad, what do you do? Why are we doing these things? So I really want to tweak and for everybody to understand our mental health because nobody wants to talk about the depression. People are afraid to because you don't want to be looked at like you're a psychopath or a, whatever it may be. But it's not a one-stop shop. It's not one size fits all. Some people can have a small symptom. Some people can have multiple like me, it, but you should live the best life you can live. I am now living my best life every day. I keep trying to, every day is not perfect. Oh, believe me, every day is not perfect, but I have, I can never get stressed because I have been placed 
and saved so many times. How can I not trust the universe? So I hope somebody out there listens and realizes they are not alone. And I hope you enjoyed episode 21. We all talk about depression, but nobody mourns suicide. Be kind. You don't know if you could be that one trigger switch for someone. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, maybe they're late for work. If the checkout lady was a little standoffish, standoffish, maybe she's getting fired. Maybe her spouse was laid off. Maybe someone passed away. We don't know. So work on yourself so that anger doesn't go on the wrong person. It's not you when people are rude. And I know it's easier said than done. But there's so many people crying for help that we're not aware of. And I hope some of my episodes and discussions I have can um, alleviate some of the questions people have. So take care of yourself. Sparkle like you mean it. Never let anybody dull your sparkle. It's okay not to be okay. Have a blessed Fabulous day, everybody. So much love, and I will see you for episode 22. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Peace Love Podcast. I hope you learned a little bit, hope you laughed a little bit, and please, if you can, subscribe and leave a review, possibly how amazing this episode was. Remember, stay true to who you are and never, ever let anybody dull your sparkle.